It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20-piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. Man, I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. Tommy Murray, Lee Murray on the line. Uh, how, how are we feeling going into this week, guys? A lot of takes, a lot of uh, information and data was taken in this past week, and I'm excited to get down with it. Yeah, I, I'm echoing what Tommy's saying pretty much. A lot of time put in, a lot to look forward to. It's been a, been a very fun season three weeks in, so some hot topics. Yeah, this week we have uh, eight, still eight teams left in the NFL that remain unbeaten. We got two matchups this week of unbeaten teams. So I think definitely just a, a better slate this week uh, than, than last week for sure. And it all starts off with this Eagles-Packers game tomorrow night in Lambeau. And I really don't think this game could come at a worse time for the Eagles. I feel like last week, maybe against Detroit, they sat a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, who's probably going to play, thinking they could get one out against the Lions at home and head into this Packers game fully healthy. But now they somewhat find themselves in an almost must-win scenario with Dallas off to such a hot start that if they can't beat the Packers here on the road, which they very well could lose this game, they're going to be 1-3 and and playing from behind early on in the season. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Adam. This is a huge spot for the Eagles, and um, you know, I'm I'm really expecting a bounce back. Uh, I you know the the game against the Lions, I thought, uh, you know, was just a lot of lot, lack of execution and, and playing from behind. And I mean, we know that this team has all the talent in the world, and they're they're going up against a Packers team, uh, you know, that has has been off to. An incredibly hot start. Their defense looks like it's finally putting stuff together. Uh, the offense is is catching up. They still have Aaron Rodgers, but you know this Eagles team has proved to be a little bit more flawed than you would think on paper, especially in the preseason. They don't really seem to have the pass rush that they've had in years past, and their secondary still is having the same issues, kind of that it was last year. And they, you know, don't really have a super formidable unit up there, and they're going up against Aaron Rodgers, so. I definitely think that this is a potentially a bounce back spot for the Eagles, and it's going to have to be, you know, healthy or not healthy. If Alshon Jeffrey is back, whoever, you know, I, I still think that they could have they could have beat the Lions and they can beat the Packers without Alshon Jeffrey with the receivers they have. I think obviously it's just going to take a higher level of execution on a short week. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm picking the Eagles. They're my risky survivor. I think they're five point dogs in this game right now. Uh, I, and it more has to do with what I believe this team can be and still kind of expecting that, that potential to be reached. Yeah, I think Alshon's playing, Tommy, by the way. I think he is cleared to play. Whether or not he's actually going to be a significant role in their offensive game plan or he may just be playing more the role of a decoy, I don't know. But uh, he will be playing Thursday. Um, definitely on the same page as you guys in terms of maybe not this being a must-win scenario for the Eagles uh, with their season on the line, but – if they don't want to be, you know, playing catch up for the rest of the year and playing from behind, this is a game they really have to win. Um, 
Love the fact that the Lions went into Philly last week and got that win, but if you put yourself on the other side of it and you're an Eagles fan, there's no way you let the Lions come into Philadelphia and win that game. That's a really disappointing loss for the Eagles. Um, and their next few games, I'll read them off. After this game at Lambeau, playing against the Jets, and then they're at Minnesota, at Dallas, Buffalo, Chicago, have a bye, and then the Patriots and the Seahawks. So the competition doesn't necessarily get much easier from here on out, but I do have faith in this Eagles group. And I do want to give a quick, you know, the Packers are playing their third game in a row at home. And, you know, you can say what you want about sometimes the stagnation on offense for pockets of time. But this is a 3-0 team that beat a pretty good Minnesota team and went to Soldier Field and took care of business. And it's coming off a pretty, uh, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily impressive, but they took care of business again against a Denver team that was pesky at points in points of that game. Um so it's just it's another spot where I'm a little bit befuddled. I'm historically awful on Thursday night, so I really have no idea what to feel and whether or not um, if what I'm feeling is right. Probably going to stay away from this game. But as of right now, just looking at it, I got a little bit more faith in Philly to kind of clean up the mess that they left on the field at home and uh, save face a little bit early in the year here at Lambeau. Just because on top of Philly being an impressive team and me trusting their coaching quarterback, uh, just me not really seeing enough from Green Bay's offense to believe in them as an elite NF- NFC talent at this point. And if, and if I could just piggyback off that real quick, kind of because we haven't really talked about the Packers that much on this preview yet, as this is kind of a huge spot for them. I think this is definitely the best team that they've played um, you know, all year. And like you said, Lee, with their offense, they're going up against a tough Eagles defense that you know we all, I think, are expecting to play better. Uh, at Lambeau and this is a steep test for LaFleur and Rodgers and how this offense has has faltered a little bit and has really relied on on this defense to a large extent to this point so I'm definitely really excited for this game tomorrow and Lee a quick note on that upcoming schedule for the Eagles that Jets game could be Darnold Jets not it will be Jets. yeah I'm, so, I'm fairly sure yeah. I mean by all the signals that are being sent out now for whatever that's worth it, it will be against Darnold and just to finish off this whole game and get into the Sunday games uh, Alshon Jeffrey's presence is significant, I think, because you do have Jair Alexander playing corner on the other side of the field, and he'll probably be covering Aguilar, and I think J- Jair Alexander will dominate that matchup. So having Alshon Jeffrey as a big-bodied you know, veteran presence on the outside for Philly, if he's healthy, I think that would be really big for them. And, you know, Jade, well, I was just going to say, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and, and Matt Collins have to step up if if Alshon's a decoy or if he's playing, no matter what, uh, this team needs to be a lot better than they were against Detroit. Tommy, you want to take us to Redskins-Giants here? Redskins-Giants, the game that I've been I've been waiting for, for this to be a Dwayne Haskins-Daniel Jones matchup, and I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. We know one of those those parts will be playing, Daniel Jones, who you know, just had a, a really good debut against Tampa Bay. Obviously, this Tampa Bay defense has been feisty and may not be the most talented defense, but... But Daniel Jones, I think, looked looked really good. Obviously, you know, I'm not trying to overreact or anything, but I definitely think that he's he's more than just a slight upgrade to Eli. It kind of changes the complexion and outlook of this team, I think, to, to a certain extent. And they're going up against a Redskins team that, you know, I was backing against Chicago on Monday, and it was just awful to watch because, you know, their defense is not very good. And Case Keenum going up against a better, you know, a defense like that, I just think clearly is – a lesser option than Dwayne Haskins right now. And I think this team, you know, Jay Gruden, I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be around for, especially if this team doesn't show any signs of life outside of what they did in week one against Philly. So um, 
you know, I right now initially I'm leaning Giants just because I think they have the better quarterback and, and more momentum right now, uh, and it, which should be you know kind of a grimy divisional game. And I'll, a little peek behind the curtain, I almost played with the Giants as my survivor lock of the week in our survivor group, but ultimately with Saquon Barkley, I just couldn't quite make the pull on that one. But the Redskins just really looked um, overwhelmed against the Bears. Even you know their defense, I thought, should have played a lot better than they did. Uh, Case Keenum is okay when you're against a, you know an okay defense, but when you go up against an elite-level defense like the Bears, he's just going to make a ton of mistakes. Uh, as you saw, I think he had four turnovers, two picks, and a, two fumbles. So, But at the end of the day, Daniel Jones looked super impressive in, in that game in Tampa Bay. And the I mean, the Giants' defense still is terrible, but I just don't trust Case Keenum enough to take advantage of that. Yeah, I'm nowhere near ready to anoint Daniel Jones as uh, you know some type of superstar or to, to say that everyone who doubted him was wrong. I think this is kind of a problem uh, in the NFL now is anointing these young quarterbacks <clears throat> as proven before they've even really played a full season. We're kind of seeing that unfold with, with Baker Mayfield this year. <laughs> kind of been disappointing first to th- uh, through the first three games. And last year, everyone was kind of anointing him the bona fide number one guy. And, you know, the, the Brown, a lot of that had to do with, you know, the Browns hype coming into this year. And then also on the other side, and I'll, you know, admit that I was a part of this too, was anointing Lamar Jackson as someone who wouldn't really be able to throw the ball accurately. Well, now through three games, we've seen him kind of look like a really good pocket passer as well as an athletic option at the quarterback position. So I'm definitely just kind of going to hold my water on my analysis of Daniel Jones. He, he no doubt impressed me last week against a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty brittle uh, Buccaneer secondary, but you know, nonetheless won an NFL game in his first start. So have to give credit where it's due. This is a matchup that I guess betting wise, I definitely would stay away from. I really don't know what to think in this game would not be surprised at all. If the Redskins won this game, um, without Saquon playing for the Giants and with Daniel Jones maybe coming back down to earth a little bit against a somewhat competitive defense. But uh, picking this game now, I'm, I'm going with the Giants. They're at home. They're riding a hype wave with Daniel Jones. I think their offense is pretty efficient, and their play calling has been pretty good this year. So I'm just going with the hot hand here with the Giants. Lee, I, do you want to give us your uh, dissertation on the Titans and Falcons? Absolutely. I mean – we, we watched that Atlanta Falcons game last week. This, the Backjudge podcast has been a huge supporter of uh, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, coming into the season. And through three weeks after that loss to Indianapolis last week, we're, we're left very disappointed here. And the Tennessee Titans are coming to town, a team who looked like they thought the season lasted one game after that, after that Cleveland game, dropping two in a row uh, to, you could make an argument, inferior opponents. But nonetheless, getting a little bit of a longer week, playing on Thursday last week, going to Atlanta uh, to play the Falcons at 1 o'clock. And I'll just start this one off, man. I like the Titans. Uh, I think the Falcons, uh, I'm just going to admit it, that I think I was wrong on the Falcons. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year. Um, I wasn't a huge Matt Ryan fan, but he is not looking any better than he did last year. And last year had a somewhat mediocre year. I don't think their offensive play calling has been very good. I don't think they've been a very clutch team, and they're losing pieces to injury, and their defense is, uh, especially with the loss of Keanu Neal, just getting worse by the week. So I think this is a spot where the Tennessee Titans are kind of going to be the team to fix things, and Atlanta's going to look more like they did uh, last year than they did two or three years ago 
um, this season. I, I finally am kind of admitting it to myself that this may not be as fearful of a Falcons team uh, as I assumed. And I'm, I'm going out there and I'm saying Mariota's going to have a bit of a bounce back week. The Titans are going to run the ball well. And I think their defense is kind of going to shut down Atlanta on the road and really make Atlanta's season um, uh, doomed a quarter of the way through. If I could, if I could jump in here and defend my, my Super Bowl pick, uh, I, obviously they have not been as impressive as I have wanted them to be. But the reason I feel like they've lost these two games here with, to the Colts and the Vikings is just getting off to really slow starts. Um, in the, in the, at least they you know scored first and kind of stayed even throughout the game. But against the Vikings, they fell back 28-0. to zero. Um, And in the fourth quarter, I mean, they scored, I think it was 12 points in the fourth quarter. But, you know, that game was pretty much over uh, going into halftime. And then against the, the Colts, uh, I believe they fell behind 20-3. to three. Yeah, 20-3 to three going into the half. And they, they mounted a, a little bit of a comeback to pull it within uh, three at the final final whistle but this team I think just needs to get off to hotter starts on offense um you know their defense isn't quite good enough to keep them in games uh super late so for them to get off to a hot start is really important and they're not quite the juggernaut that I thought they would be but I just think those two games they've had against the Colts and the Vikings they've just gotten too far behind early and haven't been able to get back in it so I'm not really pressing the panic button yet I think even if they lose this game, I'll be pretty disappointed and probably will will move away from them in terms of still believing in them as a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. But it, NFC South is is kind of a wash right now. No one is really that impressive. I know we'll get into the Saints, who had an impressive road win against the Seahawks, but it's still a backup quarterback playing there in New Orleans. So I'm going to pick the Falcons to win this week at home against a Titans team that has looked pretty uh, – I mean, almost less than mediocre these last two weeks against uh, opponents that they should have beaten. So uh, I'm still riding with my guys in, in Atlanta. Yeah, Adam, I'm with you. I'm riding with the Falcons uh, as well. I think this this needs to be a bounce back game. This team just is kind of soft, man. They just like you said, Adam. They they haven't been starting off as hot as they should due to the talent, especially they have on offense. And now losing Keon O'Neal, it looks like this defense is. Again, just going to be kind of a, a subpar unit for another year in a row. But I would, uh, I mean, I think, uh, you know, even with the state of the NFC South, the Falcons lose this game to the Titans, like Lee is predicting. I think it's fully time to hit the panic button. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's still early in the season, but if they are losing games at home to a team that, you know, might have a little bit stronger of a defensive unit, but an offensive unit that I think you clearly are you know better than and especially the onus needs to be on on them you know last week we were talking about how with Drew Brees' injury this this division is somewhat up for grabs now and all these teams really need to take advantage of that and both the Falcons and the Buccaneers completely you know dropped the ball and Carolina on the other hand the team that we weren't really confident in came out and, and played their best game of the year so far so I definitely think that the Falcons should be feeling the heat, especially if they lose this game. And, and you know, kind of like a more extreme version of the Eagles, I'm, I'm taking the Falcons for a bounce-back game and and hopefully a, a get-right game for this offense, especially. Yeah, and just to defend myself a little bit, um, this is kind of a similar position to Tampa Bay on Thursday night against Carolina, where I picked Carolina. Uh, this is a prove-it spot for me. This is a spot that I am not going to be necessarily shocked if Atlanta wins this game. I really think Atlanta should win this game. Uh, I'm picking against them because I believe that 
I, I don't believe in the Falcons in the fourth quarter, and I believe that this Falcons team is just not as good as I originally presumed. And I still think the Titans are going to come back. Uh, I don't believe in Mariota at all, but coming into this week, I think they really know they need to get this win, and it's going to be a hard-fought game. And I just kind of trust the Titans. I feel like the Titans will be carrying a lead into the fourth quarter, and I don't, I don't believe Atlanta is necessarily poised to come back from that. So, let's move on to M&T Bank Stadium, where the Cleveland Browns are taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And as of right now on the Back Judge podcast, I'm officially sticking the Cleveland Browns into uh, draft season. It's draft season time in Cleveland. Uh, I think their season's over. I don't think that they're the type of team that is well-coached enough or even just talented enough to go into Baltimore and, and win a game and to fall to one and three after the, the hype and all the expectations that they had for themselves going into this season. And their upcoming slate is tough, too. They're going to play teams like the 49ers, the Seahawks. I think they have the Patriots coming up, too, later in the year. I, I just don't think that it's going to really work out in Cleveland to – Sunday night was a, was a coaching disaster uh, against the Rams and a game that they were still kind of into the very end, but just weren't able to, to break through. So uh, I'm just, everything that, you know, Lee and I were kind of saying about the Browns in the off season during our division previews and just preview podcasts in August have kind of come true. And I'm just, I'm selling on them. I'm very much out on the Browns for this year. It's draft season in, in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm almost there with you, Adam. I mean, like you said, Sunday was just an atrocious, uh, you know, display of coaching. I kind of had blind confidence in Freddie Kitchens this offseason and and thought and, and kind of trusted more and so in Dorsey making that hire with, you know, the uh, the bevy of other candidates that were available. They they went with their, their running back coach from the year before. Obviously, I thought they had some type of insider knowledge that was, you know, for the best in the way that he was going to operate this team. And you know, I mean, I think that's part of the problem is they do have all the talent in the world to go into Baltimore and, and you know, beat a team that has been really hot. I think I haven't – my opinion on Lamar Jackson hasn't really changed too much. I still I, – he really, I think, struggled to pass against the Chiefs and got incredibly lucky on that pass to Willie Sneed and the other one to uh, Seth Roberts as well. I think that, you know, everything that we were saying about Lamar – coming into the year, it still rings true for the most part. I think he worked out a lot of season year and is, has another year, and, and you know, or I guess has a new system, in it, but has another year of comfortability. Um, but, in, but, I mean, so what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this Ravens team, I think, you know, isn't the, the world beaters that, I, that they kind of were shown to be in the first two weeks, and they really are a team that's going to be a tough out with a really good defense, and they're well-coached. And that's exactly why I'm going to pick them at home over the Browns is, you know, what, what they lack in talent to that Cleveland roster, they make up for in incredibly better, you know, coaching and execution. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much with you guys. I think that the Ravens may be catching a little bit too much hype uh, this far into the season. I think that, um, you know, they're they're a good team who's definitely going to be a playoff contender, but some people are regarding them as, you know, a top five team in the league. And I, I just don't necessarily agree with that. I can't really get with that. I don't think they're on the level of the Chiefs um, like a lot of people uh, like to say they are and, and are saying that, you know, last week's game. I don't know if I was watching something different, but it really wasn't that close of a game. Uh, like you said, Tommy, Lamar got a couple lucky plays and Baltimore kind of came back in the fourth quarter a little bit, but it never really was 
out of the Chiefs' control. Mark Ingram. Point. Um, yeah. Mark Ingram kept up that game, you know, like it was the offense yeah, was completely driven by him. So a- absolutely. No, that's that's very true. And I, I just think this is more of a game where I, I, I do expect it to be close. I, I don't think the Browns are very good, but, you know, it's the NFL. They have a lot of talent. I don't necessarily trust Freddie Kitchens, but this is a divisional game. Um, and I expect this Browns team coming off the bad coaching loss in primetime at home, especially to be motivated for this game. I think that this is a spot where I kind of like the, that the, the Browns are getting set, uh, seven points. I think that there's some value there. And I, I think that the better quarterback is going to win this game. I think whoever is going to be able to not turn the ball over and make better decisions throwing the football and converting on third downs is going to win this game. And I think that the Cleveland Browns could be that team. So I'm going to pick uh, the Ravens to win this game because I have a little bit more faith in their coach and Lamar Jackson at this point. But I would not be shocked at all if Cleveland kind of saves face a little bit and, and, and starts off their season 1-0 in the division. The Colts are back home again this week facing on the John Gruden Raiders. And last week, the Raiders had a nice – you know, win on Monday Night Football against the Broncos. Everyone's thinking, oh, wow, you know, how mentally tough of them to put out that performance, you know, the wake of all the Antonio Brown stuff that was going on. Then, you know, the next week, they go up 10-0 to on the Chiefs, but ultimately lose. And it's like, okay, the Chiefs were, were a great team. But last week, they kind of just got outclassed by the Minnesota Vikings. I know the, the Raiders were on the road, but the Vikings just looked almost, you know, like a much higher level team than, than the Raiders. And the game was never really even close. And now they go on to face a Colts team who has been pretty impressive. And had, I, I knew that the Colts would fight. I knew that they wouldn't give up on the season and throw in the towel, but I didn't expect them to kind of be this um, potentially dangerous or, you know, not even just more than a tough out, a team that could even be favored against some, some good opponents. And I, I think their coaching is just going to be much better than the Raiders. I think they even just have more talent than the Raiders do as a whole. And I expect the Colts and Jacoby Brissett to win another one and move on to 3-1 and one for the first quarter of the year. Yeah, Clef, I'm completely with you. And I think it really is a testament to uh, their coaching with Frank Reich and, and the type of team that, you know, obviously losing Andrew Luck is huge, but they really – for uh, they haven't missed uh, really a beat for you know as as much of a beat that you can you can stay on losing Andrew Luck, uh, you know Jacoby Brissett I think has filled in very nicely and has has you know made all the right throws. T.Y. Hilton I think that'll be interesting to see if he's playing. I, I know that he left during halftime of that win uh, against Atlanta, but this Colts team is is definitely feisty and. And really should be a tough out. And if I'm a, a Texans fan, I, I mean, I think you got to be worried about the Colts potentially stealing this division. I think this is, right now, they're the two top dogs in, in that division. And I obviously, I think I'm going to lean a little bit to the Texans just because of Deshaun Watson. I'm sure you guys all agree. But, you know, this Colts team, I think, is, you know, better coached and, de- you know, could potentially win this division. So this is a, a game that I expect the Colts to win as well just because of the high floor that they present. And the Raiders really just, you know, just – do lack a lot of pop and and need still need a lot of work done from a personal stand, personnel standpoint. Yeah, I want to talk about draft season. I mean, the Oakland Raiders I think are one of the highest candidates aside from the really obvious ones. I just think that this team, I mean, obviously some of it is Gruden and Mayock's fault, but got a little bit cheated. Obviously, we're very excited to have Antonio Brown as a part of their team. That whole thing fell through right in front of their faces. It's very public. It was kind of embarrassing, and it was just kind of a thing where. 
you know, I think they're going to play hard, but they just don't really have the level of talent that a lot of the teams are playing against do. And I, I don't think that uh, they can really do too much about it. And, you know, I got to give Jacoby Brissett a lot of credit. He's, I completely agree with you, Tommy. If I had to, you know, pick the two top teams in the AFC South, it wouldn't take me very long to pick Indianapolis and Houston. Um, and I think that Houston fans maybe are sweating a little bit and demanding a little bit more of their team after seeing uh, what Jacoby Brissett is doing with this Colts unit. But, I mean, you know, this is a unit that I really was very, very uh, excited about before the season. Um, and then, you know, Andrew Luck, obviously one of, one of the better players in the league, retires. And I think Brissett's done a great job of taking over. And I think they're a type of team that's going to take care of business at home with or without T.Y. So I like them to win this game against Oakland. Tommy, do you want to take us to our first battle of the unbeatens in Buffalo, New York? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely kind of stealing your thunder, man. These are these are these are your boys, but I'll I'll do my I'll do my best, man. And I I'm really excited for this game. You know, the New England Patriots, who I think, you know, even with the Chiefs playing as well as they have, I think the Patriots have been the clear cut best team in the NFL so far, and uh, you know, perhaps are in a tier by themselves. And they're going to visit Buffalo, which is which is no easy task in a Bill squad that has been really impressive to start the year. This defense, I think might be the most underrated defense in the league and in, in the fact that they they probably are one of the best units in the league and, and they still Josh Allen doesn't do them total justice despite the fact that he I think is playing better this year um you know I expect this game to be a, a hopefully a, a really kind of scrappy uh maybe low scoring ish effort at least for the as far as the Patriots go and and what we've seen from their offense to this point but I think this is a, a game where we'll see the shortcomings of Buffalo, especially on offense with perhaps Josh Allen going up against a Patriots defense that could very well be the best team in the league and, and uh, best defensive unit in the league and maybe their best defensive unit, you know, that they've had in, in some time. So uh, I do expect the Bills to put up, uh, you know, a reasonably good fight, but I expect the Patriots to really come out in the end and, and be leading for the majority of this game. Yeah, man. When this line came out as seven, I was uh, I was all over it. I think the Patriots are gonna gonna smack the Bills around a little bit in Buffalo. I think this is a game Ooh. where the Bills are gonna get kind of brought brought down to earth. I think they got a little lucky with their first three wins, Tommy. I totally agree that they have one of the best defensive units in the league, but I do not believe in Josh Allen and his ability to pass the ball effectively. And I think that it takes this these gamer fourth quarter backyard efforts that you can pull off against the Jets, the Giants in Cincinnati, but that's, uh, that type of stuff doesn't work against New England, and I think Bill Belichick is going to scheme the heck out of uh, Josh Allen and that the Patriots are going to win this game by, by three possessions. I'm uh, risky surviving the Bills, baby. Wow. Let's let it ride. I'm a big Bills <laughs> believer. Uh, I, I mean, credit to Aiden Crean. He was telling me that the Patriots' defense was going to be elite this year, and I would say they're probably – the best unit in the league behind Chicago. But I don't think the Buffalo is very much behind the New England defense. Um, I know I know the Bills have squeaked a few games out, but it's not like the Patriots have played very good opponents either. The Patriots' three opponents this year are combined 0-9. So they haven't really been tested yet, and this game is in Buffalo. I'm really uh, excited about that. If we were in New England, I don't think the Bills would, would have much of a shot because of Brady's just track record against AFC teams at home. But... With this game being in Buffalo, the fans are going to be going crazy. Um, Pancho Villa will be watching over the stadium. I'm a believer in energy when it comes to NFL football. And uh, this team definitely has something a little special about it. So 
I think this one's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I really do. I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout by any stretch of the means. And, uh, you know, g- give me that Bills defense against Tom Brady. You know, two minutes left in the game. I'll take the Bills. <laughs> You're gonna, uh, that's that's we need to save that audio clip for, for <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Give me that Bills defense against Tom Brady in the fourth I, quarter. I think it might be I don't know like Clef. I'm not you know, obviously it's the NFL, so I'm not gonna be absolutely shocked if the Bills win a home game against the Patriots. You know, in division with all the hype they've been playing with this year, but uh, I don't think by any means that it would be that the Patriots are gonna necessarily expose the Bills by beating them handily. I think that the Bills will still be a very competitive 3-1 and one team for what it's worth. I just don't believe that when it comes down to it, Josh Allen can beat really good teams. Um, so that's more kind you of You guys see Dawson idea. Knox last week? Oh, he's making some plays. Pat, can, Pat should have drafted that guy at 32. Making, making Daddy Klepp uh, very, very happy. Yeah, I you, will, you, know what, you know what, too? I, I don't want to get too much into this. I was texting Lee about it. The whole Antonio Brown thing, the way the Patriots have handled it, is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Bill Belichick refusing to answer questions about why you would play him when there's like sexual assault accusations you know, hovering over his head. And then all of a sudden, because someone figures out that he texted his accuser, then you just cut him. And then he, and he won't answer any questions about it and acts like it's the most ridiculous thing in the world that you'd ever ask him a question about it. If it was any other coach in the league other than Belichick, they'd be catching so much heat right now. And it just makes me upset. I just think it's kind of a rookie way to Kraft's handle that decision. situation. Fine, yeah, I don't care. I mean, it's, yeah, it's still well. just—I just still think it's a, a rookie way to handle the situation. Made me, made me upset. I think he should still be on the team, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> Panthers at Texans. The, the Houston Texans have not looked wholly impressive despite uh, the, the talent that I guess they have on their team. The, I just think they're not that well coached. I mean, to make it, you know, the, the, I mean, they did pull one out in L.A. on the road and, and such like that. But the Panthers have made a really impressive performance against Kyle Allen. And while I'm leaning Texans here, and I don't have a great feel for this game, I don't think it's going to be – with the way the Texans have played this year, there's no way that they win by double-digit points. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there, but that's just my feeling here. Yeah, Adam, I'm completely with you. Uh, I'm kind of in the same spot. I'm leaning Texans, but I think Kyle Allen, you know, speaking of Daniel Jones, Lee and I were talking about this, but, you know, Kyle Allen, I think, looked really good against – I mean, obviously the Cardinals, you know, have some shortcomings, especially on defense. If he was a defense. rookie number six pick, he'd be getting anointed as, you know – the best oh. quarterback since, <laughs> you know, Joe Montana. So, yeah, sorry, and Tommy, it, continue. No, 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 not. but it really shows you kind of, you know, what this team team has and how Cam Newton limited them. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, I think, are, are very good receivers. They might not be ones, but I think they're both very good twos. And obviously McCaffrey, uh, you know, very well could be the best, you know, with Saquon out right now, I think he could be the best running back in the NFL. He's definitely in that top three conversation. And this defense, you know, I think is really good. Uh, Dante Jackson had one of the nastiest interceptions I've ever seen in my life against Kyler Murray. He's a good uh, player. Yeah, shout out Dante Jackson because he's someone that I've, I've doubted to a certain extent in his, uh, in his young career. But I definitely think this Panthers team is going to be feisty. I will, you know, stay away from this game completely. I'm going to lean Texans. But like you said, Adam, uh, the Texans, I think, have been – unimpressive really outside of that Saints game but 
even with that Saints game, it really just comes down to Deshaun. Like Deshaun literally drives this team. He authored the comeback uh, against the Chargers last week when the Chargers, I thought, were controlling the game for for most of you know the uh, you know for most of the game, and and it was really Deshaun just taking putting the team on his back and doing it. So this team's going to go as far as Deshaun will take them, and they I hope that they don't lose a trap game you know with Carolina coming to town. I really, uh, I'm glad there's a little more dissent this week. I think the Texans are going to rail the Panthers this weekend, man. I, I'm really confident about this game. Uh, <laughs> the, the spread is four points. I would, ha- I'm going to hammer it. Uh, I just think this Houston Texans team is, is, Clep. I agree, they're not very well coached. The manage, the the game management isn't there. But Deshaun Watson is too good. Their offense has too many weapons, and I kind of think this is going to be a get it right game for them. Uh, you guys are both right. They haven't really had a great start to their year, but at the same time, they're two and one and their one loss came against, you know, a 58 yard field goal as time expired. So if they were a three and O team and, you know, the Saints missed that field goal, I think everyone would be probably talking about them a little bit differently. Just the validation of that undefeated uh, title gives teams a lot more credit. I I think Houston's right at the level of those undefeated teams. And I think they've proven it uh, in games like last week where, the skill on the field just wills their way to victories against teams that are pretty good. I mean, uh, granted, the Chargers are, are, are not necessarily the best coach team in the NFL either, but still an impressive win last week at home. I mean, Kyle Allen did impress last week against Arizona, but I think that's against a worse defense. And I don't think that's a very easy thing to do consistently in the NFL when you haven't ever started a game. So I think this is a game where Houston's kind of just going to handle Carolina for four quarters and people are going to, Stop, you know, saying that Cam was the reason the Panthers were bad. I don't think that, you know, there's not a lot of merit to that comment. And I don't think that they're going to be getting, you know, whatever Kyle Allen's uh, QB rating was. I don't think that's going to be a sign of things to come on a weekly basis for the Carolina Panthers. So I think the Texans are going to win by, uh, by, by double digits. Do, uh, do we need to say very much about this Chargers-Dolphins matchup? Yeah, I'd it's, like everyone's like, going to pick it for Survivor, and I'm scared about that because it's yeah, I'm too. <laughs> I'm seriously scared about it. I'm looking for other games to try to invest my pick in. It's just a little hard this week, and it, and, it, and they really should win the game. But Miami kind of looked okay with Rosen in the first you know, beginning of that game against Dallas. The Chargers have gotten off to an awful start. It's just weird, man. Like it's in Miami. I just. <laughs> I don't I don't have a great feeling about it. I obviously think the Chargers are going to win. Miami kept it kind of close against Dallas, too, for a half. They did. They did. They, they did, and then that man, TP, unleashed on, on, on the Dolphins. I, but I mean, saying, in all seriousness, about this. In, in all seriousness, I think that this 100%, uh, you know, it's the obvious survivor lock of the week pick, but I'm, I'm with you guys. I am sweating it out a little bit. I think Rosen – Despite the fact that he completed under 50% of his passes, he had a lot of drops, and I think is clearly a better option over Fitzpatrick. And this is a you know a team that you know they they want to win, knowing Brian Flores and the type of personality he is. Um, and and I I can guarantee you that this is going to be a one possession game in the fourth quarter. I really think it's going to be I I, I I and I we're going to be sweating it out. But and on the Chargers side, because I just talked about them a little bit with the Texans preview, uh, the Chargers just need to stop letting teams hang around in games. They did it with Detroit. They did it with Houston. And maybe they just can't put their throat on, you know, the neck and finish the job. But 
this team really needs to get right if they want to have a chance at competing in the uh, the AFC. So I am expecting them to win, and I most likely will be taking them as my survivor. They're not doing Maybe. anything differently that they've ever done. Maybe take Indy, survivor. Yeah, I like that. Seriously, that, that actually might be a better move. I, I think just I, don't want to be on the ship. I don't want to be on the ship with you guys in another week for, <laughs> you know, where the where you the the Vikings were what were they like seventeen point favorites against the Bills they last almost, year? Like twenty four. They're twenty four point favorites. Twenty four point favorites. Seventeen. They're seventeen. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I can't remember. I just they were seventeen because I, I I died that day. A part yeah. of me died that day. That yeah that was yeah I, I I'm 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 worried about it. It is a huge cleanup spot for charge the Chargers though. Like they need they obviously really need to win the game. I don't think there's going to be any, you know, ridiculous weather conditions that will level the playing field. They really should handle business. Like, they should make no bones about going out, scoring, getting a stop, and scoring, and putting Miami away early because Miami is an inferior team. And the this is the same reason why I didn't pick the Chargers to make the playoffs this year is because they can't beat – it's kind of like what you were saying, Tommy, but it's like they're one of those teams that you do not have faith in them to win – a gimme. They can't win gimmies easily. They, they, they let them slip through their fingertips. So the Chargers really need this win. I don't know when Melvin Gordon's coming back, but that would really throw a wrench in things if they went to Miami and lost. <laughs> that would be pretty brutal. It'd be a long flight home. That would be a it's very gonna, It's going to feel like you're home. flying or, or, you know, around the, the Atlantic Ocean and across India or on the <laughs> Pacific back to LA rather than just cross country. That's how long that flight's going to feel. Just take off and fly. The spread, is, the spread is 16 points. There would be under 16 words said on the flight home. If, uh, on that <laughs> That's what I'm saying the line at. <laughs> you know, they'd all just be thank yous to the, to the pilot after. That's it. Lee, do you have any faith in your bucks this week going to L.A.? Risky survivor. Let me, st- let me start this one off. Listen, I know – the Bucks completely shat the bed last week. And I was telling Tommy earlier, there's, it's almost like I'd rather have, if, if your field goal kicker misses two extra points and makes a 50-yard field goal in the same game, I'd almost rather have him kick a 50-yard field goal than an, than an extra point or a 30-yard field goal. I just feel like I knew Matt Gay was going to miss that kick. Part of me just knew it before I was like, I have no faith he's going to make this kick. And he missed it. And, you know, Daniel Jones, we got the Daniel Jones parade in New York now. Um, I think the Buccaneers are still alive. It was very disappointing, but this is a team that I still have faith in. I'm not going to hop off the wagon like I almost did week one. This is a team that's going to take their lumps. They're going to lose games that they should win, but I think they're also going to win games that they should lose. And this is a Rams team that I've been solely not impressed by this year. And I think they're maybe not a, a huge paper tiger because they're very well coached and they have a lot of talent on the team. But I'm almost as low on golf as I am on Trubisky. I'm not, I'm not necessarily in the Trubisky zone yet, but I'm really low on golf. I do not believe Jared Goff has the ability to really uh, win games when, when, the, when there's more weight on his shoulder than the, than the kind of the bare minimum, which is what he's been doing his whole career. We saw it in the Super Bowl last year. We've been seeing shades of it this year. He was so unimpressive against the Browns. The Rams had multiple opportunities to put that team away. And I think this is – Kind of a game where Tampa Bay is going to roll into L.A. with some swagger as a 10-point dog. Arians is going to be letting that thing fly early. I think this is a Bucks team that 
Although they're one and two, they still understand they have a shot in this division. And I'm confident that the Buccaneers are going to, you know, they're, they're going to shake up the league a little bit this week and make me look a little bit better as a team I, I was really hot on before the year and the Rams, a team I was really cold on before the year. So I like Tampa Bay to go into LA. I have faith that they're going to take care of business this week. And it's going to be kind of a shootout that Jameis is going to beat Goff in. Yeah, Lee, I'm with you, man. And I completely agree with a lot of things that you said. I, the, the Rams really have been uh, disappointing this year, not only on offense, but on, but on defense too. I think, I think this defense is, Maybe not as good as, uh, you know, they were last year. Um, you know, obviously they still have Aaron Donald, who despite not having a sack yet, is just has a thousand pressures and is still, you know, the best defensive player in football. But that being said, I already picked the Eagles as my risky survivor. So, But, uh, you know, I'm just picking the Bucks straight up in this game. I think that they're going to come in, they're going to win, and I think the Rams, really, it comes down to the Rams are due for a loss, really. I think the Rams mm-hmm. have, like you said, Lee, they have not been impressive at all. The Browns could have won that game very easily if they were executing on offense at all. The Rams kept them in the game. Uh, and I think this Buccaneers, you know, their defense has played well. Shaq Barrett's leading the league in sacks with eight sacks right now. It, you know, uh, obviously they lost a, a brutal game, like you were saying, Lee, um, you know, against New York. But I do think that this is a really nice spot for the Bucs. I'm definitely going to be betting on them this weekend with the points. At 10, I think that's way too much. And I do expect a shootout, and I – you know, I'm just I'm I'm with you, Lee. I'm taking the Bucks. I like the mojo. Yeah, I'm wow. excited right, I'll, to see. I'll, I'll stick on Rams Island then. I'll be comfortable on Rams Island this here. Is, this is shades. You won't of last be Monday week, morning. Monday night. You won't be Monday morning, Adam. I'll tell you that. I'm really excited to see how Jameis performs against the Rams defense because I think that he this could be really big for him if they can if he can have a similar week uh, to like he did last week against the Giants because he was letting that thing fly and they were looking really good early I they squandered that game which is which is brutal brutal you know to think about but uh but you know I I think Jameis is going to let it fly against this this Rams defense man and and four of like you know potentially the best minds in football with McVay and Wade Phillips and then you got Arians and Todd Bowles I think these guys all you know are really really good at what they do and um I definitely think that 10 and a half is you know too much and I Tampa, I think this is just a game that they're going to lose to the Giants on a last-second field goal, but the next week they'll go into L.A. and beat a Rams team that that is due for a spanking. I think Bowles is going to give Goff some issues, man. I like Bowles coming yep. off a big spanking loss to a to a rookie. I kind of just like – I think that, that that locker room mentality, I think Bowles, they're locked in. They're watching that game film of the Monday night game. They're saying, man, these Ram, this Rams team, we can do this. We, we, we can shut these guys down. So I'm really looking forward to this game. Tommy, your your Cardinals facing the Seahawks this week. Uh, give us a give us a Cardinals stock check. Where are we at here? Ah, uh, gosh, man. I mean, I I'm I think Kyler has played very well this year. I mean, he hasn't hit the stratosphere like I, I may have thought he was going to. But all in all, I think he's played well. The team just really isn't very good. He's running for his life. Their offensive line is bad. The defense is pretty bad too. Um, and similar to Houston in the same way that I said they're going to go as far as Deshaun will, this team is going to, you know, they're going to be inconsistent week to week based on Kyler Murray's play, basically, and, and how far he will take them. I am leaning to the Seahawks just because I think they're a better coach team and they have a better team right now. But I definitely think that this is a, a risky, you know, trap game potentially for Seattle and a game that I will stay away from. And um, 
I think that this deep, this Cardinal, I mean, the Seahawks defense, I think is right for the picking uh, potentially. And, you know, I think, I think we're going to see a close game and, and a bit of a shootout where potentially the Cardinals are, are driving in the fourth quarter like they did against Detroit. But uh, I'm just leaning Seahawks uh, in, in a divisional game, but I really do hope the Cardinals come out with a win. I think uh, I've got a very specific prediction about this game that I don't think is that out there. I think Russell Wilson takes the uniform off and brings the cape out with the ball in his hands with a minute and a half left in the fourth quarter and brings them on a drive down the field to either kick a field goal or score to win. I think I think the Seahawks are going to be losing this game in the late fourth quarter and the Cardinals. It'll be Kyler's one of his best games of the year where he looks good. Divisional game. Uh Maybe low scoring, maybe like you know a 17 to 13 type thing, or 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 you know a 17 16 thing where Russell Wilson's getting the ball with two minutes left, and I think Will, Russell Wilson's going to do what Russell Wilson's going to do, and uh, ultimately you know drive them down the field in a game that sh- that's a lot closer than it should be. Um, the Seahawks team is up and down; don't really know what to think about them. I did have a lot of faith in them coming into the year, but I, I just don't. I, I still am kind of. I'm not as confident as I necessarily should be with them being two and one. Um, so I think this is going to be a close game in the fourth quarter and a grinded out game. I would go as far as to say I kind of like Arizona plus five. I think Arizona could possibly win this game straight up. I'll be picking the Seahawks, but I think the Seahawks are going to win by under five points. I'm going with the Seahawks too. Last week was kind of disappointing to see them uh, lose that game at home to uh, the Saints team with a backup quarterback. But at the end of the day, I just haven't been a big Cardinals guy since the, the offseason. Their defense is really bad. I mean, giving up four touchdowns to Kyle Allen, who hasn't even flashed or anything really that much in, in a preseason game like that, it was just it was pretty, uh, pretty shocking to me, even for as bad as I thought the Cardinals' defense was. So uh, I'm rolling with the Seahawks, but a game I – one of my favorite games of the week here is is this Vikings Bears matchup going on in Chicago. I don't think the Bears have really had um, that much of a, a test yet, like like they're going to have here. Obviously, Week One uh, was was Green Bay, but having the Vikings come to your house two straight, uh, your second divisional game, it's also at home, just like it was against the Packers. If they want to be contenders in the NFC North, I think their defense could be good enough to maybe have them be in the wild card hunt come December, but to have them compete in the NFC North, they're going to need to win this game against the Vikings and they're going to need Trubisky to play a heck of a lot better than he's played. And people are saying that he Trubisky had a bounce back game against the Redskins and he, he somewhat did. I mean, the box score is going to lie to you when it says three touchdowns. I mean, he threw two easy one yard completions to Taylor Gabriel, but he, he did make a nice throw down the field to Gabriel on that long touchdown. And he made a couple of throws that were, you know, were, decent or at least you know like some plays that go more than 10 yards but it wasn't anything world beating against and he also got a lot of help from the defense obviously that pick six to start the game and the Redskins never even really threatened but he still had a terrible pick on the goal line the Redskins even kind of threatened to come back as the offense went lifeless in the second half I just don't think Trubisky has enough to go up against his Vikings defense and the Vikings seem to be beating teams that are a little bit inferior to them and that's what I think the Bears are yeah, I see this matchup being a close matchup, kind of like how, you know, uh, when the Bears beat the Vikings last year in Week 16, the, the Klepp Lee special. Uh, I think we're going to see a return to that style of gameplay in, in a low-scoring, relatively game with 
two really stout defenses and two offenses that um, are potentially a little bit anemic due to their their quarterback. But in the end, I still like Kirk Cousins more than Trubisky. Dalvin Cook has been the best running back in the NFL so far through three games uh, in terms of performance and has looked great in that that zone run scheme. And uh, I mean, I, I am I like you were saying, Adam, I am very excited for this game. I think it's going to be a divisional bout. And you know, this division right now, they the, all the teams got got zeros in the L column. So potentially, you know, one of these teams are going to be losing and the Lions could potentially be losing to Kansas City. At least I know I think that. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity for one of these teams. And like you were saying, Adam, if like the the Bears defense will for sure keep them in a lot of games and give them a chance to compete, uh, at least in the wild card. But if they want to have any chance at, uh, you know, competing in this division, they're going to need to, uh, you know, Mitch is going to have to have himself a game. And I don't really expect him to do that. And also a little other note. Matt Nagy's got to start giving feeding David John, uh, David Montgomery a little bit more. I don't know if he was just trying to get Mitch in rhythm and just try to throw the ball as much as they can against a defense that, you know, they've had trouble with. But I really think that the run game will do a lot of things for Mitchell Trubisky if it's successful. I think just say David Montgomery runs. I think he's if you get him active and in the game and when the third and fourth quarter rolls around, he's going to be a tough guy to tackle and a real plus player. So I'm I'm looking for Nagy to get him involved in the game plan a little bit more. Yeah, this is the game that I've been waiting for Minnesota to win since last year. I was really heavy on the Vikings both time they played the Bears last year and very, very invested in them and very spirited about it. And I was let down both times. So I have a little bit of fear, uh, you know, seeing this game on the uh, on the card this week. But I have full confidence, you know, that to quote Mike Leach, that was last bleeping year. And I have full confidence <laughs> that it's a little bit different this year. And I think that the Minnesota Vikings are a better team than the Chicago Bears, and they're finally going to do the work that I've been waiting for them to do uh, the past year. Uh, I think this is a huge game for Kirk Cousins, seeing as how much he struggled against those Bears defenses in both matchups last year. Um, And I think this is a really, personally, this is a really big prove-it spot for me as someone who's pretty high on the Vikings, if they're able to go into Soldier Field and and handle business and uh, shut down Trubisky like three or two of the three teams he's played this year have. Um, I think that Minnesota, you know, can do all of those things. And I'm not going to say they will do all of those things, but I have enough confidence in them to uh, go back to the well and pick them again against the Bears this year. I think that uh, I think they're going to win this game. The Minshew led Jacksonville Jaguars head to a mile high and the Broncos have been pretty disappointing for me, especially uh, the, the defense hasn't been getting a lot of big plays or turnovers, and that's really surprising to me with Vic Fangio there and the, the personnel that they have. I, I don't know quite who to pick in this game. Minshew looked real, um, I mean, really good against the Tennessee Titans, especially just for a sixth-round rookie player. But, I, I mean, going into mile high is different, but if they're 0-3, I'm not sure how much that is going to, you know, is, I'm not sure how much a, a home crowd is going to play into that. They're going to be pretty uh, – willing to turn on this Broncos team if they start losing to the Jags. But I don't know. I, I think I, I'm going to lean Jaguars here. But this game I'm not very confident about and just not sure about the, either of these two teams and whether they can have any success uh, in this season, even though the Jags have, have flashed a little bit. Yeah, Adam, the Jags definitely have flashed a little bit, and I think they definitely have more juice at the quarterback position compared to, Vic, uh, to Joe Flacco. But like you were saying, this defense in Denver has – has been really, you know, mediocre. They haven't got a sack yet with 
arguably the best edge rushing duo in the NFL. And, um, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, what Minshew brings and the kind of pizzazz that he brings to, to that team and the, how he kind of galvanizes that whole group. But uh, I'm kind of going to fade myself and just pick the Broncos in a, a get-right game. I think they played well against Green Bay, at least offensively. They played better than I was expecting them to. And they're going to have to get a win at some point, I think. And at home against Jacksonville, which is a team that doesn't really have a super high ceiling, even with Minshew uh, playing, I, I just am kind of leaning towards Denver to get their first win of the season. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Tommy. I think that this is uh, an inconsistent Jacksonville team. I don't know how necessarily focused they are. I think a lot of – I don't want to give all the credit to the, the news of Jalen Ramsey requesting a trade to their win last week. They definitely played a really good game. But they were playing with, I think, a little bit of extra motivation, and I think that's harder to do um, in Denver. Uh, I think this is a Denver team that obviously hasn't done great things so far, but – you know, they've been competitive in, in, in you know, they, they competed against the Bears and they really did compete against the Packers um, for the most part. I mean, I wasn't necessarily like uh, really unimpressed with their performance against the Packers. So I think this is a Broncos team that may uh, eventually end up, you know, getting around six wins. I still kind of expect them to do that. And I think this could be one of them. Um, I do like Minshew. I think that he does bring juice, but I don't know how long, again, kind of like, Kyle Allen or even Daniel Jones. I don't really know how long this whole, uh, you know, consistency of being very good in the NFL is going to happen with these young quarterbacks. I just think it's a lot harder to do than people may uh, may may let off after one game. So we'll see. I, I am fading Minshew a little bit in his second start. I just think this Denver defense is still going to get after it. Um, and I think at home that uh, the more experienced team is going to win and, and, and the Jags are going to kind of find themselves in the same position that they were before that Titans game. Well, Lee, we uh, we lost Adam Klepp due to, due to computer updating, but he said he'll be back for our last game preview in Detroit. So, so we're you and I are going to take time. it. We're, we're taking, taking over from here. Games, baby. My Dallas Cowboys are traveling to New Orleans. Uh, they are three-point favorites, I want to say. Two and a half. Three-point three point favorites on, on my uh, offshore. Uh, and, and this is a game that, that I expect them to win, man. I, the Saints, I don't want to say they were impressive, but they, you know, as a guy who was really believing in them this year, I still think that they are the best coach team, at least in that division. And with Drew Brees being out and Teddy Bridgewater being in, we kind of saw what they're going to do. Teddy's going to check down the ball. They're going to use Alvin Kamara and use his skill and then hopefully play well on defense. And this is a game that with Drew Brees being out, I think the Cowboys are a better team and they need to... They want to keep up with their consistency, especially on offense and defense and, and the whole overall team play, and really beat a worthy opponent, I think, for the first time this year. So I am expecting the Cowboys to go in there and, and you know win, I don't want to say convincingly, but solid enough that I'm not sweating it out in the fourth quarter uh, you know, in the Mercedes-Benz uh, Dome. Yeah, I think you will be sweating it out in the fourth quarter, man. I think this is just a spot where the Saints are still kind of getting – undervalued. I definitely slighted them coming into the year. They're not as slow paced as I thought they'd be. They are, they're definitely not as good as they were last year. And I think they've got some holes to fix. Obviously the breeze injury is uncontrollable, but I think Bridgewater has done a pretty good job of kind of navigating that offense. And I think he will continue to do a good job. I have a decent amount of faith in Teddy Bridgewater. And um, I, I think that uh, this new Orleans team, like you said, they got a ma uh, maestro play caller. They're at home and they've got a lot of talent. So I think the Saints team getting points at home is kind of tempting. 
quite honestly. I just think this is a really good unit that's trustworthy, and uh, Dallas hasn't necessarily played a lot of great competition, so it is kind of tempting. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, I, I, I got to pick the Cowboys here. I just think that it will be a close game in the fourth quarter, but the Cowboys will kind of elevate. I do think the Cowboys are amongst the best teams in the league right now. They're really rolling and uh, wouldn't necessarily be shocked if they lost. Probably not going to bet on this game at all. But but uh, I think it's going to be a really, really – I think it's going to – we're set for some fireworks on Sunday night. I don't think it's going to be a snoozer at all. And I expect Dallas to win this game in the fourth quarter. Yep, and I'm I, with you, I'll, Lee. I'll introduce the next one since you got uh, – you got anything else to say about that, that Dallas-New well, Orleans? Well, I mean – I just uh, I just hope the consistency co- continues, win or loss. You know, if, if New Orleans just has a great game and and just outclasses classes Dallas, uh, but you know, I just I mainly just want to see this offense continue to roll against uh, probably the best defensive unit that they've played all year. So, uh, you know, win or loss, it won't be time to sound any alarms. But this 100% is an incredibly opportune time for the Cowboys to continue to stay undefeated and, and to stay rolling against a team that uh, is missing Drew Brees right now. Yeah. Um, moving forward, Monday night, uh, God, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a disaster. They're an absolute disaster. They're hosting the Cincinnati Bengals Monday night football. Probably, I don't think they really were expecting this to be too great of a game even before the, the season when they scheduled it. But now four weeks in, we got two 0-3 teams playing each other. Uh, one of these teams is going to get out of there with a victory, their first of the year. Um, at Heinz Field, I kind of liked what I saw late out of Mason Rudolph. Um, definitely got off to a really slow start. The Niners did did absolutely nothing to pull away in that game. They kind of looked a little uninspired at home. And the Steelers ultimately fumbled the game away with four minutes left in the game. Um, and not that the Niners didn't fumble the game away with five turnovers, but uh, the Steelers definitely had an opportunity to win that game, multiple opportunities to win that game, and really didn't cash in. Um, and I like the Steelers a lot on Monday night. I'm going to go right back to the well with the Steelers, as, as wrong as I've been this year. Um, I just think this is a spot where the Steelers really do need to get it right. Uh, it was a tough loss last week, but it was Mason Rudolph's first start. They still did trade their first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. So these are the types of games they're going to have to win. Um, not necessarily as impressed by the 0-3 Cincinnati squad as a lot of the a lot of the talking heads out there. A lot of people do like the what Cincinnati's been showing on the field in the first few weeks. They definitely – competed in uh, the Seattle game and in the Buffalo game last week. But I just think there's a spot at Heinz Field um, that the Steelers are going to get it right. I mean, I, they really do need to get it right. It's their first divisional game. And, and I think Tomlin's job is absolutely in question if they lose at home prime time to the Cincinnati Bengals and start their season 0-4. So I have confidence that the Steelers are going to win this game. It's not supreme confidence because they haven't showed me a ton but I do think they're the better team and they're at home. Yeah, Lee. Uh, I mean, my brain is leaning Bengals for the, for the simple fact that I, you know, for the first time this year, I like Andy Dalton at quarterback more than his opponent opponent. And right now I kind of like Zach Taylor more than Mike Tomlin. And, but I'm going to fade myself and join you on the Steelers, on Steelers Island. <laughs> on uh, the two man Steelers Island, just because of what you just said, they, they need this win. Yeah, I mean, Mike Tomlin needs this win, I think, to save his job potentially uh, at the end of the year. This is a team that gave up the first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Obviously, they don't think they're in the quarterback market, uh, but you know, we'll see what what you know. This is Mason Rudolph's second start. We'll see what uh, you know he does against a defense that I think is worse than the 49ers, but still is a, a pretty stout unit. Um, 
and I expect this to kind of just be a, a low scoring, uh, duke it out game, a one possession game in the fourth quarter, and and one of these teams is going to pull away. Uh, and and although I kind of like the Bengals more, I just in terms of grit and the Steelers needing a win really badly, um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I like the Steelers to kind of pull away in the third quarter, maybe it to be close at halftime. But I expect the Steelers well, to win by like, uh, you know, 10 to 12 points, maybe 10 to 13. Yeah, well, I mean, Mason Rudolph needs to show something because I think they should be. If Mason Rudolph continues his play from San Francisco and they potentially lose to Cincinnati, this is a team that, you know, obviously Roethlisberger is going to be back next year. But if you have a a top five pick, you're going to kind of yeah. wish that you might have taken advantage and got one of these young gun quarterbacks. And how good you know, is Roethlisberger, knows? honestly? Ex- you know? Well, exactly. I mean, now that Adam's not here, we can, yeah. I mean, he, he surely looked like he was in the Eli Manning camp that we were talking about, uh, you know, closer yeah. to that spectrum than Phillip Rivers from that classic 04 draft class. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Steelers, they still have a, a really good team, man. And, and uh, you know, Juju has started to play a little better. I'm expecting James Conner to be better. And this overall team maybe to, you know, show something and get a win because it's not going to get that much easier for them.